This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Welcome to Vibrant Raw Living. I'm your host, Victoria Madian. Join me on a journey of discovering your infinite potential. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today, I'm going to be discussing my journey with yoga. I've been practicing yoga for nine years now, and I want to share some of the things that I've discovered to be things that resonate with me over time. I've just come back to a really, really strong practice after taking a little bit of a break, and there just are some things that are a little bit more fresh to me now, and I'm having more retrospect on a lot of the lessons that I've learned over the years. So taking you guys back to where my yoga journey started, one of my dance instructors actually told me that she tried yoga, a type of heated yoga class. And the type of yoga that I practice is more commonly known as Bikram yoga. So If you guys are not familiar with Bikram Yoga, basically it's a series of 26 postures, two breathing exercises done in a room heated to about 105 degrees Fahrenheit with about 40% humidity. Now, there are some different things that have happened in the Bikram Yoga community over the years, and I don't really pay attention to it so much. I really focus on the practice of yoga itself and That is what I choose to focus on as far as all of the other things that go along with that, which I'm not going to get into today. That's not really a part of my practice at all. So my yoga practice really began on, I don't remember the exact date, but I think it was June 4th or June 5th, 2009. And I went and took my first class. I went to the studio. There was a new studio that had opened up in my neighborhood. And, you know, with the recommendation that my dance instructor had said she had had a great time in this class, I was like, okay, I will go try this for myself. And I was completely hooked right away. The process of learning the new ways of using my body, stretching my body, it was very different initially. I was falling out of postures all the time and getting a little frustrated and probably wearing more layers and clothes in class than I really needed to looking back. And over time, a lot of that just started to fall away. I started to unlearn a lot of the things that I had learned in dance as far as like, you know, certain aspects of competition, um, you know, needing to be better than the person next to you or needing to impress upon your instructor or get a certain amount of feedback all the time in order to know that you're progressing or constructive criticism or getting criticism to know that you're progressing or know that things that you can work on specifically. And it began a transformation for me. I began a daily practice pretty much as soon as I started. And, you know, it influenced a lot of other changes in my life. 
I started to fuel myself on different types of, you know, diet. Like my diet completely changed. I began eating raw foods and eliminating animal products out of my diet and feeling so high on life. It was the best I had ever felt in my life up until like that point. Um, you know, I had incredible amounts of energy and I really was like, <laughs> I literally remember writing in my journal and I just came across this the other day as well um, from way back where I was like literally wrote in my journals like this yoga is the SHIT like in there. I was like, I was so obsessed with that. It was like I felt so good and I felt like I had found a key to just happiness and longevity and taking care of myself and I knew literally from the first class that this was yoga that I wanted to practice the rest of my life um I think years into it I would say my first two years of practice was definitely daily practice I would say between one and a half two to three hours a day was practicing yoga. And during this time I was in college, I wasn't dancing full time during my first year of yoga practice. So that was when I was 19. And I just really devoted myself to going to school and going to yoga and like learning about myself in the process. And I was so grateful that I had this tool as like, you know, a stress release and a centering. And um, I practice with a lot of people that are much older than I am. Usually when I'm in a yoga room, I'm typically the like one of the youngest people in there. And that's been that way for a majority of my practice. I don't find that maybe this type of yoga necessarily attracts a lot of young people. Um, but that wasn't really something that made me feel uncomfortable. I was there to practice for myself, I didn't really care about it being too much of like a social environment, but I did develop friendships with some of the men and women that were at the studio as um, I was. And a lot of them were, you know, like in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. And it was wonderful just to be able to chat with them before and after class and hear about their life and um, maybe some of the things that they're going through some of the injuries they might be recovering from, what their life experience was, you know, just, you know, getting to know other people that you practice with on a daily basis. You know, so much of the practice is so focused on you. You're connecting with yourself in the mirror. You're connecting your mind, body, spirit through the practice, and you're allowing the instructor to guide you through that. Yoga Studio basically allows the individual who is coming to practice to really have a very pure exchange and experience with themselves and be exposed to like the highest consciousness possible if they're tapping into that. It allows that to happen in that space and it can happen. And I definitely experience that every time I practice. I think, um, you know, throughout the process of dedicating my time to my yoga practice, I started to see competitions. I would look at other people who did yoga performances within the community. And um, I remember one of the yogis, Courtney Mace, was one of the first female competitors that I saw perform live at the International Yoga Competition back in 2009 or two. Yeah, it was 2009. 
and it was up in Los Angeles and it was just, it was seriously mind blowing to me. It was like, that is so beautiful and amazing. Like what she's able to do with her body. Also, um, you know, some other male yogis, their names are escaping me right now, but, uh, Joseph Insignia, I've had the pleasure of being in class with him, practicing right next to him, um, doing master classes and advanced classes with him. He's one of the most humble and exceptional yogis that I've met and um, had the ability to practice with in such a resilient spirit. Um, I was very inspired by going to yoga competitions because it was really getting to see what the human body was capable of. And you want the people on stage to succeed. It's not like you know, all the competitors within that yoga competition are demonstrating postures that are very advanced to the best of their ability and offering themselves to be critiqued and judged. And, you know, one of the things that I remember Courtney May saying when she was giving a speech at the competition was yoga is a competition between the real competition is between your spirit and your ego and when you practice yoga the spirit always wins so if you're stuck in your ego you're thinking about things like that don't really you know in the grand scheme of things matter all that much a saying that stuck with me for years is um this it's sort of a mantra but it's also a way of you know viewing your life and viewing yourself and that saying is, I carry a piece of the light or I carry a piece of the sun with me as my only baggage. And in yoga, you learn to let go of a lot of the things that you may have in the material world. Like yoga doesn't discriminate against anybody. It does, you know, they don't, yoga doesn't care if you're a lawyer, if you're um, an architect, if you work at a fast food restaurant, like if you work at corporate America, like it literally does not matter who you are, um, you know, a musician, like anything, like it doesn't matter who you are when you step into that room, like all of that is stripped away from you and you're just experiencing your spirit and its resilience and its ability to overcome the adversity of the, you know, challenging environment that you're putting yourself in. Just like extreme heat and at sometimes, you know, it's it's not always comfortable, but we learn to grow through discomfort in our life. So I think moving past, you know, the initial stage of my yoga, which is probably like the first couple years, I started to get really, really like even more disciplined and almost like obsessed and I started practicing the advanced series, which is um, known as like the 84 asanas. And um, I went up to Los Angeles and trained with master instructor Emmy Cleaves, who's a Holocaust survivor. She's been practicing yoga for a very, very long time um, and had my first class with her in regards to being led through the advanced series and then began to practice it with my instructors in San Diego on a weekly and sometimes two to three times a week on top of all the yoga I was already doing um, basis. So the advanced series usually takes about three hours and you're in the same heated conditions. So you're in 105 degree heat. 
um, with that humidity and you're going through about 84 postures, breathing exercises as well. And um, it takes an incredible amount of strength, balance, flexibility, coordination, um, openness of the body. Like you definitely need to have a very strong beginning practice in order to practice the advanced practice or else you really can't hurt and injure yourself. Um, so, and normally like not everybody is allowed to practice the advanced series. So, I mean, the only reason why I was allowed to do it is because my practice was seen as, you know, very, um, I had a very disciplined practice. I had the flexibility and the strength to be able to practice those postures. And I was also training to do competition. So, um, Typically, only instructors are allowed to practice competition and much to like a lot of people think that I'm a yoga instructor, but I'm not a yoga instructor. My mom is actually a yoga instructor, but that's a totally different story um, as far as like her getting into yoga and me like dragging her to class and making her come. And now, you know, she became a yoga instructor after that. But um I, I don't teach yoga. You know, I, I work as a dance instructor and a choreographer. That's my, that's what I do. You know, yoga is very much my own personal practice. And I've actually talked with other dance instructors and choreographers who keep yoga as a part of their life. But, you know, it's like they know they could teach it totally. But at the end of the day, sometimes you just want to keep that separate, I guess. And you want to be able to go into class and just experience it yourself, not necessarily needing to become a yoga instructor. And there's definitely a time where I felt very drawn to become a yoga instructor um, and do the Bikram teacher training and all of that, which is pretty intense. But um, but it's not something that I've pursued at this point, and I don't know if I will pursue it. That's kind of just like up to chance at this point. But um But yeah, that's, you know, I would practice with a room full of instructors who had gone through that process, who practice day in, day out. And that's the thing I like about the yoga practice that I have as many of the instructors that I have that are pretty varied in age. Some of them are a bit younger in their late 20s and stuff. And, you know, some of them are (laughs) into their 80s. It's like they still consistently practice and teach every day and like you can see like how their body looks like how they live and all of those things like it definitely affects their life and it shows that it's a practice that can be practiced for years to come it's not something that's just short-lived like kind of a trendy thing like you know it can serve you for years to come and you can live like healthy and live vibrantly and um you know enjoy your life not having some of the aches and pains that you normally would from things like inflammation, arthritis, you know, like just not taking care of your joints and your tendons and your muscles and things like yoga really retrains your nervous system on a deep, deep level. Um, So practicing as much as I was, it was almost really challenging to balance out my social life. I was still in college as, you know, second, third year college when I was, um, getting into this phase, I guess. And, um, it was a lot, you know, I remember just my days were very, very structured. I would always make sure I had all of my classes in the morning and then I would be able to go to yoga in the afternoon after having a light lunch. And, um, 
that would be, uh, you know, like three, three and a half hour commitment of my time to getting down to the studio, um, steaming in the steam room before class, taking class, showering, getting all my stuff together, then getting back to campus. Um, and then I would have ballroom dance team for two to three hours in the evenings, like multiple times a week as well. So I'd say like four times a week. So I was doing, yeah, like 12 hours a week of that. So it just got to be like very, very physical and very draining at certain points. And, um, like I just, I remember one time one of my friends in college, she was like, you know, you just like need to take like an afternoon off, like just come and join us like your friends for dinner. And I remember going to do that. It almost felt like weird to do that because I was like, no, like I feel like I should be practicing right now. But I had to break that cycle of the like constant need to be in the studio and be stretching and training and everything because part of it was I loved it so much, but part of it was kind of like almost an escape from the world and any type of stress that I was going through. And I did go through quite a bit of stress, like when I was in college, for sure. I mean, it wasn't the smoothest path ever. So I'm very grateful that I had yoga during that time. Um, You know, graduated in four years, thank God. But, you know, it's like, I I had a lot on my plate and I was going through a lot during that time, um, which I'll get into another episode. But um, I loved the fact that I was growing in my practice. I loved the fact of, you know, being surrounded by other people in class that had the collective energy of wanting to improve themselves, just wanting to be present in the moment, wanting to let go of all of the things that they had gone through in that day up until that point in their life, literally just like being present with themselves in the mirror coming together as community to, you know, feel that energy and be present with what they're going through, um, fully feeling it. And, you know, I felt so good in my own skin when I was creating that inner wealth, that inner happiness, practicing, you know, with my instructors. It then led me to want to do performances. So after college, I was, um, I attended, um, the Woodstock Fruit Festival like every year for like four years. And that's just, you know, a festival up in upstate New York that is, you know, it's all raw foods, tons of athletes. It's in a very nature environment. It was a beautiful experience. But every year I would go, I would look forward to, um, doing a yoga performance for the attendees. And, you know, they would have kind of like a showcase every single year and um in combination with doing competition during the year I would want to be training towards that you know performance and that would just kind of be something that would um you know be a byproduct of all of my practice you know it's just my way to share the things that I've learned and I mean to be honest a lot of my friends that I have I've met through Um, that festival. And, you know, they are very active on social media. They have been very present in my life, even when we're not just, you know, there in August during that time. Um, And so it's my sort of way of like giving back. You know, I think a lot of people have um, contributed to my life and helped me become who I am. And it's, it's sort of like a giving back. It's like all of that love that you gave to me, like this is what came of it. And, you know, when I 
perform yoga, really it's for the audience. It's really like for the people in my life, I think, that have um, helped me get to where I am today. And I mean, first and foremost, it's, you know, for myself and for my connection with myself and the um, intensity of the um, focus that I have during that time on stage is no different than any time I'm in the yoga room, but it's it's feels just the lightest and slightest bit heightened um, when I'm on stage. And I think all of my years performing in front of large crowds as a dancer, um, definitely I don't have much stage fright when it comes to stuff like that anymore. So, you know, I think if it's a gift that I can share and it's it comes easy and naturally to me to do that, then... Um, I'm happy to be able to share that. And, you know, I oftentimes, like, if I do performances or something, sometimes people will say, like, wow, that was very inspiring. Like, it makes me want to go try a yoga class. Like, that's all cool, you know? Like, that's awesome. Like, if people have that type of reaction to it, I don't do it necessarily for that reaction. But um, I know how moved that I was when I first saw yoga performed, like, as a performance and how moving it was. So it's, it's just, like, really inspiring it really is you know just to see what the human body is capable of and um, even if it just allows one individual to think wow like she's capable of doing that stuff like I wonder what I'm capable of doing in my life like maybe I don't want to do what she's doing but like I could be capable of other things that I'm passionate about in my life so next sort of phase that I went into with my practice was taking a little bit more time to allow for breaks. I started really dancing super, super full time, like my last quarter of college. That was like, oh, I want to say like around 30 hours a week. And then, you know, yoga practice on top of that too. So I was just training a lot. And I learned that I have to take breaks sometimes. <laughs> and as much as I want to do everything every single day, I think I reached a point where I was like, just I kind of broke down a little bit and was like, oh my God, this is way too much. And I think yoga serves a place where it should help you connect to yourself. It should help you connect to that innermost part of yourself that's compassionate, that's loving, that that um, understands that there's a constant process of um, creation, preservation, and destruction happening in the world, in our lives, in our bodies, you know, like on a cellular level. This is something that's constantly happening. So, you know, you might not want to think of it as it of it as destruction, but there is a process of breakdown and elimination that is happening. You know, and it's happening in the world. It happens in all things. But being accepting of that process, knowing that someday we will die, we will not be here anymore, letting go of that fear of the death and fear of impermanence is a part of the process of just renouncing whatever may um, we may be attached to in our lives and being present with the fact that, like, we came into this world with nothing and we will leave essentially with nothing. And how do we choose to live our life on a day-to-day basis? What do we choose to give to people? How are our interactions with people? Yoga heightens your awareness in regards to your relationship with self, yourself, your body, your mind, with other people, 
it shows you your mannerisms. Um, it shows you your, you know, even times where you fidget or you want to wipe sweat or you want to take a huge sip of water and just like kind of almost be like gluttonous about it. Like you realize the things that you don't need to do. And it's not about just being like a stoic person that doesn't have any desires or any emotion or any type of faults or anything like, you know, you can view human beings as imperfect or as perfect as you want to. That's a very individual like kind of definition in it. Like you can experience that concept however you wish to, but, um, you know, you can look at things in your life that are serving you or they're not serving you. I know one of the things that I gave up early on in my yoga practice was drinking water in the classroom because I viewed it as a distraction. Like I didn't want that practice happening in my life. Like I've had instructors say to me like, no, like you need to drink water during class. I'm like, I genuinely don't feel like I need to drink water. And it actually takes the body quite a while to really assimilate water. Um, You know, like if I'm hydrated before I go into class, I'm not going to have any issues. For me, I feel like when I drink water during the class, it fills up my stomach. And what's the point of taking a sip? You know, like I don't feel like I need to take a sip of water if I'm actually hydrated. It's kind of just unnecessary and It reminds me of other unnecessary habits that don't need to take place outside the yoga room. You know, looking at it even just from like a finance perspective, all the little purchases that you make will add up over time. And that oftentimes is something that leads people into a state of debt more so than a lot of large purchases. So it's like if you learn to eliminate the little things and you just stay focused and concentrated on like what needs to get done, then you can have a little bit more flexibility when you need to take a risk or you need to make a bigger decision or you need to go a little bit deeper into something like you'll have that available to you. So being prepared ahead of time, sort of like budgeting your intake of what you want to put into your system. For me, I did that on a really, you know, some people might seem like a really extreme level of like, you know, filling my diet with an abundance of fresh raw fruits and vegetables, juices and smoothies and all that kind of stuff. Like to some people, they might think that's extreme to not eat meat, to not eat cooked food, to not do all this stuff. But it's like to me, having studied anthropology, like in depth, like I eat a species specific diet, like I'm not eating a bunch of stuff that is you know, ultimately in the long term, you know, shows that it contributes to things like chronic degenerative disease. I personally don't have any desire to eat any of the foods that I grew up eating. My favorite fruits and, you know, foods growing up were fruit. So like, you know, that works for me. And, you know, I think everybody's different. Things work different for different people, whatever. But, I know that for me, with my lifestyle, what I seek to achieve in a day, how I live works best for me, and that's what matters most to me. I'm not hurting anybody. I feel better than I have in my whole life, and it allows my yoga practice to thrive. My, you know, by me eating raw foods, like, I feel like I want to practice yoga. When I eat um, raw foods, I feel like I want to dance. 
And like my yoga practice allows me to dance even better because like my joints, my ligaments, my body is really taken care of and nourished on a deep level. So I feel like I'm just getting stronger and stronger and healthier and healthier every single day that I keep these practices and these habits in my life. And I mean, it just goes to show like for me, yoga was the catalyst for me changing my diet. You know, I loved the yoga so much that I wanted to give up all of the other stuff, you know, that had, you know, made me quote unquote happy in the past. It's just like I didn't know any different, you know, like I didn't know I could feel so good eating raw vegan diet. Um, I didn't know that I could do it successfully. I didn't know anybody else was doing that. But when I started to do it, it was just like I felt more amazing than I had in my life, you know. Um, So sometimes it's just that first step. Sometimes it's just that first bite, that first stretch, that first breath that it takes to get you on a path that can really change your life for the better. And it's a process of becoming open-minded towards what that can offer you and how you can grow in the process of pursuing that, you know. And I think, you know, another one of the things that I learned from sort of taking breaks from my practice sometimes, like not practicing every day and filling my life with other things that I enjoyed, things like, you know, rock climbing, going and taking dance classes for myself, like not teaching, but like taking class, Um, you know, going on hikes with my friends, going out for dinner, like including these other things in my social life, because the truth is we only have so many hours in the day and you know, we want to fill our life with experiences that allow us to fully experience life and really live vibrantly and fully. Um, and I think, you know, it's that, you know, you practice yoga, or I practice yoga so that like I can bring that energy that I cultivate in that room out into the world and I can share it with people, you know, like, of course, I get to experience it myself. But like, I get to share that energy that I've worked, you know, so hard to um, clear out all of the blocks, all of the fear, all the negativity, like processing my own thoughts differently, like rewiring my nervous system, like all that stuff. Like I get to bring that energy out into my life and share that with people. It's like, yeah, you can just be a hermit and like keep it all to yourself be like oh like what happened to victoria like she's off in the woods like no one knows what what happened you know you can't like live your life like that like isolating yourself all the time it's okay to like go out into the world and you know experience and share with other people it's like sure there's going to be people who push your buttons and test you from time to time sometimes it's family members sometimes it's people that you don't really care for that much (laughs) um Sometimes it's people that you did care about once, but they're not growing at the same rate you are or they're not going in the same direction as you are. And that's okay. Like it's okay to just accept people where they are and um, for who they are just as you, you know, cultivate that practice of accepting yourself where you are as you are every single day and every single moment. What you practice in the yoga room, you're able to bring out into your life in every single thing that you do. And you can allow that to change you and your relationships with not only yourself, but a lot of different things with life itself, you know, with animals, with plants, with nature, with, you know, God, if you believe in God, um, you know, whatever it may be. And I think, you know, there was a time where I feel like certain instructors of mine really stressed like, oh, yeah, like 
yoga is the answer to everything. Like, you know, like all you need to do is practice yoga and everything will come to you. It's like, for sure. Like, I definitely think yoga has its place in regards to teaching a lot of lessons. However, I do think that it's okay to be open to other forms of therapy that are meaningful to us. For one person, going on golfing for like three hours might be a, their form of meditation and their time to just relax and like bring their stress level down or, you know, whatever. Like for some people, you know, it's a lot of different things. Like just because it's not like stretching and doing yoga postures, like that doesn't mean you're not practicing yoga. The practice of doing yoga asanas, which yoga asanas are the physical postures, um, like can help your focus be a bit more fine-tuned and then you bring that to the other things that you practice in your life but you know I think it's just being aware that like that can be improved upon and there are tools available you know like practicing yoga that you can use to help you with that process some of the things that yoga's helped me sort of see differently um if you guys have seen the movie the matrix you know there's the one view where you know, they live in the real world where everything's like machines and they live in rags and they eat like, you know, this gruel food. Like it's like very just like a mineral, whatever. I don't know exactly what it is, but they see like that's the real world. And then they kind of plug themselves into this virtual reality. And, um, you know, a lot of it's just like ones and zeros creating this different forms of reality and these different substances and different people and it really is sort of a you know the the thing that touches me about that movie is that like you know whatever you believe is like the universe god whatever like there's a there's a sort of divine energy that's coursing through everything whether it's like wood that makes up the wall or a cell phone like there's a there's a synergistic energy that went into the creation of that no different than you know, the creation of like flowers and fruits and vegetables, all this type of stuff. Like, you know, there's, there's life in it and we can see, um, objects and animals and, you know, things that are out in nature as things that are no different or they're not like necessarily separate from us, but they're just like a reflection of us. And we're like a part of everything. You know, I think one of the things that is, um, important about the practice of yoga is a lot of the postures are named after things in nature whether it's animals or like plants flowers like a lot of different things it's like it's teaching you that you can be a variety of different things you know you can do tiger posture then you can do a lotus pose and like meditate in that for a long time like you know there are there are aspects of practicing yoga that have made me view life very very differently you know, I look at a lot of things very differently than I used to. You know, I see the spirit in, uh, you know, something like a spider, you know, and think, you know, wow, like if I was a spider, I would have like the intelligence that that spider has. Like I would be trying to find food and I would be trying to like nourish myself and I would be building webs and, um, you know, or if I was a bee or something like you know, there's all these, a lot of intelligence that these different life forms have that humans might not have necessarily tapped into either. There's a lot we can learn from um, animals, even like ants and the structure of how they built all of their ant hills and like all the underground 
um, chambers and things that are in there. It's like, who's to say that that didn't influence things like the temples in, um, you know, South America or even Egypt, you know, like there's always intelligence that we can learn from different life forms. And I think yoga kind of breeds that respect for different types of life forms and realizing like even just the concept of namaste, like not many people might understand like exactly what that is, but in the simplest form, namaste is essentially like a greeting where it says, you know, like the light in me acknowledges the light in you. And, um, you know, really it's a very pure like way of just saying like spiritually acknowledging someone is very different than I think just like surface level acknowledging somebody. Um, like, you know, you have to see past the mask, the costume, the the skin even, and really see so far beyond that, you know, like there's more to a human being than their appearance always. And, um, you know, that's kind of seeing through the matrix of things. It's like people can make their lives and themselves appear totally different, like online and even in person than how they actually feel inside. And coming from a performer's expect, um, you know, experience, like I have years of my life taking on different characters, um, you know, as a dancer and performer and, um, you know, you can style yourself all differently. You can wear different makeup. You can wear different clothes. You can create a totally different personality, take on totally different variety of characters ranging from emotions, you know, sad, happy, elated, sensual, like all these types of different things. And like, I'm grateful that dance allowed me to experience that. But I think another thing that it exposed me to is that a lot of people can, you know, especially within the performing arts industry, can use that skill and hide behind it to mask a lot of other things that are wrong in their life. You know, they can be out in the world and being like, oh, yeah, like everything's great and all this kind of stuff. But it's like inside, they're super depressed and they feel like they can't not put on that smile because like that's just what's demanded of you. Um, And, you know, same thing for social media. We've all kind of become performers (laughs) for each other in a sense. It's like, I mean, I'm not 100% like happy every single minute of every single day. I experience a range of emotions and I learn from those emotions. And I what I do have to say is I do come back to a sense of peace and it's easier for me to come back to a sense of peace. Um, you know, you put people in different situations, there's always going to be a different variable. There's going to be a different reaction to, um, how they're going to handle that. I think something that yoga teaches is awareness of your emotions you know, it frees you from a karmic cycle. You know, you might approach a yoga posture in the yoga room a certain way and then fall out of it because you're pushing too much. So then you learn over time, okay, I'm just going to maybe like, you know, stretch a little bit deeper in this area. And then like, you know, there's ways you can balance it out, but you have to bring your awareness to your body and focus on that. And you take that outside the yoga room and be like, okay, like I handled this situation that way in the past, like I can learn from that and handle it differently in the future. It builds that awareness and it does like free you from a bit of a karmic cycle. Um, you know, you learn to be more discerning with your energy and, um, you know, realize that you can be with your body, that you are not your body, you are not your mind. Ultimately, these are all illusions that the, 
you know, human consciousness sort of creates in order to understand itself and find its place in the world. You know, much of our life is spent finding validation from others in order to understand ourselves. But, um, you know, seeking compliments or like, you know, being like, oh, like, is this good enough or whatever? Like, you know, in yoga, you really validate all aspects of yourself. You create um, union and focus on that with like intense energy until you feel one with all things. Like back to the concepts of creation, preservation and destruction and how this is constantly going on. There's always been some type of war. There's always been some type of, you know, natural calamity, financial issues that are happening in different areas of the world, like lack of prosperity in certain parts of the world. Like this has been something that's been going on since the beginning of time, essentially. But bringing our awareness to it and doing our part and being, you know what, like I'm going to be a little bit more kind today. I'm going to be a little bit more understanding today. I'm going to donate to this charity or give you know, donate my time in this way to, um, you know, go towards a cause that's something I care about, um, is the, the changing of that cycle. Um, you know, it's a constant refinement process. You're constantly looking at your own habits and behaviors and seeing, you know, where is my fear? Where is my stress? Where is my tension? How can I breathe? How can I let it go? You know, it's much of it is about, finding balance between patience and determination because patience without determination is just laziness and determination without patience is recklessness. You know, you need to have a balance between both of them and set the goal and the intention that you want to go towards it and achieve it. But at the same time, realize that it may take time for that to come to fruition. You know, fruit doesn't grow on a tree in a day. It takes, you know, a long time and there's a lot of work that goes into that. So, and just being conscious that like things don't always happen overnight and it might seem like that happens for some people in that way, but that doesn't always happen. Like, you know, strength and flexibility is also something that always has to be balanced out. Um, you know, like I came to my yoga practice with quite a bit of flexibility and I had to strengthen certain other muscles and other parts of my body that needed more attention. So like that was something that was challenging for me because you know oftentimes people come into the yoga room like oh like I suck at yoga like you know I'm not flexible or whatever it's like that doesn't actually like mean anything like you can use your strength to actually gain flexibility and if you have good instructors and you are practicing for the right reasons that really is not going to matter to you but I think one of the things that actually might surprise people is like if you come to your yoga practice with so much flexibility, it actually makes it harder because it makes it more difficult to control. So you have to build the strength to be able to control that flexibility or else you're just going to be falling all over the place. Same thing goes in life. If you have too much flexibility with your habits and your standards and all that type of stuff, then you are not going to be able to have the amount of structure in your life that need you need in order to progress in your life in a direction because you're going to have too many options. You're going to be not really focusing on one specific thing that's going to help you or like, you know, one set of um, skills that's going to put you on a path where you're actually succeeding. You're just going to be like, oh, I'm just going to try this today and that tomorrow. Like you have to learn from the experience you have in the past to build yourself and move forward. And the process of yoga is a process of rebuilding from the inside out. You know, it's it's kind of like you're becoming the architect of your body from the inside out. You learn to rebuild 
from the inside out, starting from your mind, tightening up the loose screws, and focusing on what needs to happen. You allow the teaching to come in, you do your best with it, and then you put that out into the world. You know, it's it's like a breathing process, you know, process of breath. You bring in the energy, you release the energy. Like, you you build yourself from the inside out and you use that light that's in you, that energy that's within you to do something with that. So it's not like somebody is constructing you from the outside in. You learn how to do that from the inside out. And in the process of that, you really discover what your capabilities are and how capable you are of achieving things in your life. You know, I think one of the things that all humans seek to do in life is find out what their purpose is. Find out why they're here. What they're doing. You know, understand the meaning of our, our existence. Questions like why do time and space seem endless? What do we really need to be happy? Do desires, ambitions, and disappointments come from our hearts? Or is it society we live in that makes them seem like this? It's questions we all get, you know, caught up in from time to time. But when you have a practice that really brings you back to understanding that a lot of the things are happening in your life for the better and you choose to learn from all the experiences in your life, that's where you can grow and that's where you can realize the things that you're more passionate about than others and realize that you're capable of going after those things, realizing what you're capable of, and creating the life of your dreams. The Specialty Produce app is the world's number one handheld resource on produce. The app features photographs, recipes, geography and history, taste and culinary applications on over 1,900 produce items. From apples to zapote, we've got your produce questions answered. Our app is available for both iPhone and Android. Download our app for free today. Thank you for tuning in to Vibrant Raw Living. Remember that you are just as worthy, deserving, and capable of achieving and maintaining your dreams as much as anyone else. If you have found this podcast useful, please subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud and share it with your friends and family. You can find links to my Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Pinterest, and Snapchat in the show notes below. And if you'd like to follow me for updates, which I only share via email, come on over to my website at victoriamadian.com. I love you and I'm wishing you a wonderful day. Go out there and discover your infinite potential. 